Welcome to Honest Money, your best guide to financial freedom. I'm Warren Ingram, the author of a few best-selling books, and I'm also an award-winning financial planner, and I've helped thousands of people on their journey to financial freedom. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I am here to share my experience and the best ideas that I've learned, and I hope these ideas help you on your journey to financial freedom. Welcome to a special episode of Honest Money. Uh, I say it's a special episode because it's all about the the, the most recent budget uh, announced by our finance minister, Tito Mboweni. And I wasn't going to do a special uh, budget episode because I thought it was something that's been very well covered in, in the media. But uh, but we've had a lot of requests from listeners for me to talk about it. Uh, and so let, let me give you my take. As a starting point, just to remember, um, you know, I'm a personal finance guy. I'm an investment guy. Studied economics, but uh, but I'm certainly not a tax guy or a or a kind of a global economics expert. So so these are really the views as I see them, and and really how they relate to you and your investments. As a starting point, I think j- just to go a little bit into politics for a second. You know, not not my favorite topic, but when you're talking about a budget, you can't get away a national budget. I should say you you can't get away from politics. The, the first thing is. This, this budget surprised a lot of people, myself included, because I think we've seen a, a huge sign, uh, you know, in this budget where, where we've seen a reduction in corporate tax rates. You know, companies at the moment um, are obliged to pay a company tax of 28%. And that's in addition to all the other taxes that companies pay like VAT and, uh, you know, all the kind of hidden taxes as well. And then shareholders have to then pay another another tax on top of that, which would then be dividends tax. And so, you know, companies are really, or I suppose investors are really disincentivized by the current tax rates from investing in companies and certainly starting businesses. So, so a reduction in the, in the company tax rate from 28% to 27% might not seem like a big move, but, but to me, it sends a massive signal because what it shows me is there's, there's a change in the battle of ideology. Uh, you know, where a lot of people within the ANC are, are driven by a socialist, communist ideology. Lots of union leaders who are there to protect their own jobs at the at the expense of of the workers, um, and and generally just at the expense of the of economic growth. And what we're seeing now is a sign that at least within government, they realise that if you want to grow jobs, that means you need to incentivise companies to grow their businesses to hire more staff. And the way to do that, lower tax rates. And so for me, this is a battle of logic uh, winning over ideology. And I, and I can't emphasize enough that I think that that's a huge point and we need to understand that. What was also exciting was we saw the finance minister say that this might not be the, the last of the, of the corporate, rat, corporate, tax ca- uh, sorry, corporate tax cut rates. Um, and, and I think that that's important. You know, what we're going to see then is potentially further corporate taxes being cut and if that happens uh, and we get to a level that makes us globally competitive, and, and just to give you an idea, the global tax rate average is about 23%. You know, that means we've got quite a few cuts to go before we, we become globally competitive. The, the point there is that people in government are starting to talk about global competitiveness, saying that South Africa is not globally competitive for lots of reasons, one of which is policies, and, and another of which is, is the, tax, the way we tax our, our companies and our population. So, so I think that this is a really good sign. In addition to the corporate tax cut, we've also seen, uh, I think, pretty good news uh, on, on personal taxes. Essentially, what's happened is we haven't seen a cut in personal taxes, but what we have seen 
is that the, the, the levels at which we get tar- charged tax. In other words, how much you have to earn before you start paying tax, those levels have been adjusted. They've been increased. So that means that everybody who pays income tax at the moment has received some sort of, a, of, an, of an actual increase in, in the amount of money that they can take home. For, for people on the low end of the tax bracket, it might only be 750 rand a year. On the higher end of the tax bracket, m- maybe as much as 8,000 or somewhere around there a year. But, but people in the middle uh, of the, ta- the tax-paying b- brackets, those people that are earning 20, 30, 40,000 rand a year, they- they've had the biggest percentage increase in, in tax savings. So, so for them, a really good sign as well. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not a big one for making forecasts and predictions about budgets, but, but I did laugh and, and read with amusement a lot of people, especially the, you know, the, the kind of Afro-pessimists talking about, uh, you know, we're going to see a wealth tax and we're going to see maybe a health tax, you know, once-off taxes that, that are going to be prejudicial uh, and, and, and in, in a really punitive to, 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 to taxpayers and that this will be used as an excuse to tax people more. Um, and and we'll see some kind of bad news there. F- fortunately, we didn't see that. So so no health tax, no wealth tax to pay for for our COVID vaccination program. That that will be paid for from the from the existing budgets. And I think that that's another very good sign. Beyond that, we didn't see much uh, much unexpected news. I, I think we've seen an increase in the sin taxes. So so for those of you that don't know what what those are, that that's the taxes that we're going to pay for. Uh, our, our cigarette smoking, our um, alcohol consumption, and the like. That, that certainly went up, but not a surprise. It goes up every single year. Uh, and we also saw an increase in the fuel levy. Now, the fuel levy is a little bit of a painful one because, uh, unfortunately, you know, that has a bigger impact on, for example, you know, people who need to use public transport to get to work, they're, they're going to pay more. Uh, you know, our food, a lot of our food gets transported uh, by trucks and trucks are going to have to pay more on fuel. So, so it potentially has a bit of a knock-on impact on food prices as well. So that's a little bit painful, but uh, you know, what we need to understand about this budget was uh, our, our finance minister was in a really tough spot when it came to this budget. You know, he, he was already in a tough spot in the last two budgets and then COVID happened and, and took away a lot of his opportunity to do anything good uh, in the budget. So, so we were going to pay taxes somewhere. And unfortunately, that's where it comes in. The, the one benefit, I guess, is that uh, we're only going to pay those taxes on a user pay principle. In other words, you're not just going to pay the tax and 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 not having uh, used the, the roads or the or, you know or your vehicle or bought the fuel to pay for those taxes. And the same with the sin taxes. You know, you don't pay the tax on alcohol or, or tobacco if you don't smoke or drink. So, so I guess that, that that those who who wanted to exercise some control over the taxes they pay, that that's one way to do it. Beyond that, I think uh, we, we we need to look at the hints in the budget and the trends. You know, the, the big the big sort of move there that I like very much is that you know the government's not buckling to the unions about increasing the state wage bill. You know, as a percentage of our economy, the state wage bill is one of the highest in the world. I think only a country like Norway spends more on government workers' salaries than South Africa. And Norway is an enormously wealthy country with a small population uh, and, and then at, at the same time you know, has a very productive go- government force that you know, provides free schooling, free uh, medical and the like. So, so what the Norwegians get for, for paying their, their government workers is an enormous amount of benefit. Uh, and you can argue, uh, a lot of us would, that we get uh, very little benefit from our government for, for all the, 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 the wages we pay, because most of us provide our medical, our education, our security privately. 
and and so I think you know we can't stack up against a country like Norway. You know, we we need to stack up against countries that provide a similar similar level of service to their to their population, and that means that the state wage bill needs to drop dramatically. And what I like is that you know while we may not have seen a big drop in the actual taxes or the actual salaries that are being paid. To, to the state uh, workers, what we are seeing is that they're not going to get big increases and that government will use the ability to, to offer early retirements as a way to reduce that state wage bill further. So I'm really happy about that. The, the, the other thing that I like is that uh, we, we saw a hint say, uh, from the finance minister to say that uh, there will be a proposed amendment to Regulation 28 in the weeks ahead, and, and that will be open for public comment. Now, what is Regulation 28 and why am I excited about that? Regulation 28 is the is the regulations that guide uh, the way our retirement funds can be invested. And uh, many of you might have heard about a thing called prescribed assets, which was another thing that the fear mongers were selling uh, for the last two or three years, telling us we should cash in our retirement funds because prescribed assets was going to come in where government was basically going to nationalize a portion of our retirement funds, and that was going to be used to fund ESCOM. What, what we're seeing is that that seems to be off the table. I, I thought that would be the case. Uh, and and instead, what's going to happen is they're going to make Regulation 28 more flexible, which means that retirement funds will have the ability to co-invest in infrastructure projects that are bankable for retirement funds. And, and to give you a great example of why I would like my retirement fund to be invested in certain infrastructure projects, let's just look at you know, a, a waterworks project, you know, where, where you've got a, a, a city that's got a good waterworks that needs to expand their, you know, their, their provision of water to their ratepayers. Uh, what you know is that everyone needs to access to water. So it's a certain, it's an absolute guaranteed client. Uh, and if I can uh, participate in, in my retirement fund, helping to expand those waterworks so that more people get access to water and we get more paying customers, well, I'm, I'm really happy with that. And if we think about a toll road, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about the, the, the Gauteng tolls that are so controversial, but let's just say that, you know, a, a toll road gets built where you can connect Durban to, uh, to the Eastern Cape on a more direct highway. And we know that people will pay tolls to, to go over the bridges on, on, the, on, on the new, uh, or let's say over the new bridges that need to be built over those massive uh, rivers in the Transkei and Eastern Cape. What a great idea. You know, I think that if you can get guaranteed clients where you're saving a lot of money for the country because people can spend less time on the road, the goods that get transported more effectively, um, and 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 retirement funds get to, to kind of get a guaranteed return on their money by investing in those toll roads, I, I think that's a win-win. So if we're going to amend Regulation 28 to provide more um, bankable infrastructure projects, I think that's a fantastic idea. Uh, the, the same would apply, for example, to renewable power. You know, if, if there is a power plant in the Karoo that I can invest in that, that, that you know, either uses wind or solar power and provides at, uh, you know, consistent electricity to towns in the Karoo, I'll do that. You know, I, I, know, I know the sun shines there most days of the year and, and for the days that it doesn't, the wind is always blowing. What a great deal. I think that those are the kinds of projects we need to be looking at. So, so all around for me, a really nice budget. I, I thought that it was going to be a tough budget, you know, and, and, and that's what it was. Uh, I see that uh, we've had some nice surprises in terms of additional tax revenue that we weren't expecting because mining houses had a good year uh, and those kinds of things can carry on for a while longer. So, you know, let's look at this budget in a a positive light and let's watch uh, that that government stays accountable for reducing their their state wages, uh, you know, for implementing those reforms that we're looking for and especially for deregulating ESCOM. 
and, and you know, th then we can view this budget in a very positive light. So, so far, I'm optimistic. I'm happy about the budget. I'm not, I'm not happy that our economy is not growing as much as it should, but, but I'm expecting good things to happen if, if uh, Cyril and Tito stick to their promises. Thanks for listening and let us know what you think. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon.